The doctor of the future will give no medication, but will interest his patients in the care of the human frame, diet, and in the cost and prevention of disease. Thomas A. Edison. Welcome to Living at Your Finest podcast show. I'm your host, Dr. Babs. I am a triple board certified family, obesity, and lifestyle medicine physician. I'm also the founder of my online holistic wellness company, Living at Your Finest. This podcast is devoted to helping my community to live at their finest by being empowered with the pillars of lifestyle medicine to nourish and flourish as a whole, vibrant, and healthy champion. It is estimated that 80% of lifestyle-related chronic diseases within our community are preventable. So it's about time that we change this narrative for the better. So join me and my guests as we share transformational and sustainable skill sets from our own health and wellness journey to support you and your families in achieving ultimate well-being. So I hope you're ready to live at your finest. Well, let's get to it. Living at your finest health champions, hello to you. I'm so honored that you're listening in. It means a lot to me. Thank you for sharing this space with me. Thank you for investing in your health and wellness. I hope all is well with you and your family. Today, I'm going to share some personal information with you. And I, I've tr- I try to do that as much as possible, but this is not just personal to me, but it involves a family member and I've taken their permission to, to do so. But the reason why I'm doing this is because it's really going to emphasize the message about our well-being and how we have to be self-advocates and we cannot expect anyone else to do it for us or to inform us otherwise. So I hope that you would join in the discussion today. I'm going to look into what we need to expect from our physician or healthcare provider and what we expect from ourselves as well. There is a tendency to believe whether it's based on culture or what we've heard from our parents, what we've heard from our physician, what we've heard from media. We tend to think that once there's a genetic component, that that is the end of the situation and there's nothing we can do. We just put our hands up and just go with the flow. But we know now that 50% of what happens to us or even less is attributed to genetics. And it's really what we do with our lifestyles and our environment that would predict the trajectory of that particular illness. So needless to say, if the gun is loaded, somebody has to pull the trigger. And the trigger pulled comes from environmental as well as lifestyle behaviors. We know that through evidence-based medicine, that 80% of chronic diseases are preventable. And when we talk about chronic diseases, we're talking about lifestyle and diet-related diseases, such as heart disease, diabetes. We're talking about high cholesterol, Alzheimer's, which is also known as diabetes of the brain. Cancer, some cancers, definitely preventable. And so we we know all of this. We know that 80% of it is preventable. We also know 40% of lifestyle-related diseases leads to premature death. So what are we going to do with this information? Having a family history of arthritis, diabetes, hypertension. I know that a few years ago, I was able to reverse my hypertension. I was on three blood pressure medicines. I was able to get off of it, paying attention to my lifestyle habits. I've had numerous patients that I've been able to guide and walk together in empowering them 
to take control of their health. And a lot of my patients have said, I didn't know that. I thought I'm doomed for medicines. I'm, I thought I needed to be taking this eight, seven medicines to the extent that when their numbers are actually fine, they don't want to release the medicine. I had an 86-year-old lady just the other day. Her cholesterol has been excellent for the last five years. And she met me for the first time. And I looked at her labs. I said, why are you still taking this cholesterol medicine? She said, well, she was told to. And I told her, you might have the risk, but you don't have the presentation anymore. You don't need to. You're eating well. But she couldn't let go of those medications. She feels that the medication is what is keeping her going. Now, of course, you have to work with your provider to get off medicine. You don't want to take it off on your own. But just having that belief system that you are totally reliant on medications. And we know these medications, unfortunately, it's like a Band-Aid right? They're synthetic. It's not naturally made by the body. It's made in the engineering lab. And again, medications have their place, right? And we're grateful for them, but that's not the way our body is supposed to operate. And unfortunately, when medications are even taken, they really give you the impression that you can go back to your habits as usual. And the medication will give you a pass. Let's put it that way. I had another patient that actually... I mean, young guy, he was already on three blood pressure medicine and he was on one cholesterol medicine. And his comment to me, I said, what's going on? Are you checking your blood pressure? Are you eating right? No, I can't. Um, He's busy. He just, you know, he doesn't prioritize his nutrition. But his response to me is, can you go up on the medication? Maybe give me something stronger. And I said, no, the medication, it's not supposed to work in the absence of your habits, your lifestyle habit. And he was so grateful that I actually took the time to explain that to him because he's never had that conversation with any of his providers before. So with everything I've said, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to make it personal. So in my home, my husband, who I love very much, and he is such a professional, such a sweetheart, very loving, very kind, very helpful. I, I can't even begin to sing his praises. Great father. If you know him, you know and believe everything I've said. But when it comes to his health, that's a different story altogether. And that's common with a lot of us, right? Um, it's he, he cares for everything else and finds little or no time to care for himself in terms of going to the doctor regularly. And I used to be like that a few years ago until I realized that I needed to take time to fill my own cup. I needed to take time to prioritize my own health and well-being if I wanted to stay here long enough to care for my family and also to meet my God-given Popos for being on earth. So I made a change and a switch. Now back to my husband. So for almost two or three years, he had not been to the doctor. You know, I schedule the appointments for my daughters, for my son, even our dog. He has health insurance and he goes for his annual physical. But for my husband, anytime I schedule it, something will come up and he wouldn't go. And, you know, a few years back, I noticed that he was having some darkening color in his neck which we call ankyntosis in the medical field. And it just shows where you have insulin resistance. So your insulin that naturally is supposed to help with mobilizing glucose from the, you know, from the bloodstream into the cells is just not working efficiently. And it triggers the pigments in the neck. So it becomes darkened in color. So I noticed that and I said, hmm, what's going on? And he does have a family history of diabetes. And, you know, he had that checked and 
sure enough, it was prediabetes. And at that time, he was about 6.3. And prediabetes is from anywhere from 5.7, some places say 5.8 to 6.4. So I told him, you got to watch this. And, you know, he had it checked. He cut back on his carbs, was eating whole grains instead of just refined carbs. Again, nothing is wrong with carbs. You have the healthy carbs, which is a whole grain carbs that has all its component intact and not taken out like white pasta, white rice, you know, all of that. So he changed his habits and his numbers reversed. But, you know, wellness is a continuous journey. It's an ongoing, it's dynamic, you know, you, you continuously work at it especially in this community and the society that we're in, that all the things that your body defaults to that you love and enjoy eating is all around you, right? So he, that came back a few years later, but then he never went to the doctor, never went and break, you know, just never scheduling his appointment. And I just really got very troubled about it and worried for him. And I, I told him, I said, you have to do this. You have to prioritize your health. I mean, if not for yourself, for us. And he rescheduled an appointment. Again, because of the way the traditional model is, you can't get an appointment to like three, four months. And so I, he wasn't feeling well at that time. And I said, you know, just schedule a sick appointment. And I told him I was going to follow him this time around. So I told him, make it on the day that I'm available. And so he got an appointment. He got in. And I went undercover to my surprise. While I was seated, his doctor came in one of the top clinics, I'm not going to mention names, he sat and he told him, what what can I do for you? And my husband said, you know, I'm not feeling well. The doctor told him, well, it's the diabetes. It's getting worse. It's only a matter of time. Your pancreas is going to shut off and you're going to be on insulin. And I sat there and I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't say a word. My husband kept quiet and he asked my husband if he was taking his his medication because he was given medication. Say he was given medication. I think he went from 6.3 to 6.6 over that two, three year span. And we weren't sure what was going on and that my husband wasn't taking his medication regularly, but he was exercising and he changed his eating habits. And then the doctor said, well, do you have kids? And then when my husband said, yes, he said, well, the bad news is half of your kids are going to have diabetes. And I was like, what in my mind? And so he stopped there and went back looking at the computer. And I said, okay, usually when people give a bad news, there's a good news. What's the good news? He said, the other half wouldn't have diabetes. And I was like, dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. My husband kept quiet as well. I asked him, I said, so is there anything that my husband can do to reverse this situation? I mean, you're going to do some labs today, but what can he start doing? Because this whole time, you and my husband used to go unaccompanied. He never had any conversation about nutrition, nothing about what he was eating. So I asked the question and I said, what should he be eating? What should we do? What can I do to help him? And he said, well, he's going to, I'll give him a 1500 calorie diet and he should just use that. Okay. Again, nothing specific, nothing about fruits, veggies, nothing about water intake. Um, I was just shocked. And of course, in my home, everybody knows lifestyle medicine. We're all well educated about it. Um, they've heard so much from me that I think they they can all like present if you allow them to the extent they tell me, okay, we don't no lifestyle medicine tonight. Okay, let's just eat. <laughs> so my husband was quite aware that a 1500 calorie is different from a nutrient dense 
1500 calories and is that sufficient for your body and adequate so whenever we don't eat the nutrients that our body craves we are going to be starving metabolism is going to go down and we're going to be and unfortunately if we eat the same wrong foods that are increased calories with empty nutrients it just causes that vicious cycle so back to what i was saying uh, my husband told to go to the lab and i asked what labs are you going to do other than the sugar and he said he was going to do a cholesterol. And while he was looking at the cholesterol, he said, oh, the cholesterol is high too. The last time you did it, like two years ago, I'm going to have to give you cholesterol medicine. And of course, I'm thinking, okay, you're going to repeat it, right? First to see if he needs it, if he needs the medicine. And I asked, I said, what are the side effects of this cholesterol medicine you're going to give? He said, oh, don't worry about side effects. The band, you, you, you can possibly die of a heart attack. And you, all the side effects is minimal compared to dying of a heart attack. Again, nothing about nutrition and what he should eat. And when it comes to cholesterol, we know that for men, the cholesterol medicine, as novel as it is, it does affect your own natural cholesterol. And, you know, the, the tendency to just want to jump to prescription without even talking about nutri- you know, nutrition and how nutrition can play an impact. Whole foods, plant-based diet. Uh, we know that increased fiber will definitely help to flush out and brush out cholesterol, nuts and seeds, all of that. And in terms of how much fiber we're getting, I'm constantly working to achieve the goals, which is about 25 grams for women, minimum, right? And 38 for men. But no, he said, don't worry about the side effects. You just need to be on the cholesterol medicine. Didn't say, emphasize what he, what, what, what he needs to eat. So I was just shocked. I could not believe it. Now, I'm saying all of this not to bash the doctor, because I'm a doctor and I love my colleagues. I really do because we first and foremost want to help our patients. I promise you, nobody decided to become a doctor without the love of, of their fellow mankind. It's just a situation. The, the, the system has burnt us all out um, in terms of how much time you have with a patient. It's not enough to adequately dive into the root cause of problems. So we just treat symptoms instead of the, 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 the source of the problem. That's one issue. And two, just the lack of education, not being fully aware or, you know, we are in a lifelong learning environment. We, we, there's always something new. There's always a new research. There's always something. And sometimes that's, that could be a bad thing. It's a good thing, but sometimes it could, you know, people twist things and make it very confusing. Um, but just not knowing what the latest research is on nutrition and foods and how we should eat is something that is very much deficient in, in our in our in, in the medical field but that's going to change now um, because there's been a mandate to educate uh, uh, you know to include um, nutrition education in the curriculum so we, we left the office we left my husband got his labs and um, it was a, a, a healthy discussion in my home is told our kids what the doctors had said and they were they were flabbergasted they were like what you know but the important thing here, the takeaway message is we need to be our own advocate. We need to be knowledgeable and we need to understand that our genetics does not predict our destiny, right? It's not the genetics we should blame. It's right what we have at the end of our fork. And, you know, my husband's results came back the next day and it had improved significantly. It had actually reversed outside of the pre-diabetes range. So it actually was less than 5.7 um, because again, he had made some 
he had made some improvement. I just needed to know. He needed to know what his A1C was because he hadn't checked it in two years. But he had been exercising, doing the best he can. And, and that's what we all need to do. Just do the best we can, the little we can every day to, to prioritize our health, to prioritize our well-being, um, to eat better, to move better, to sleep better. It's never all or nothing. It's what, can, what little steps can I do today that will make a bigger impact for my tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me on today's episode of the Living at Your Finest podcast. My goal on this podcast is to empower, educate, and encourage you to take actionable steps to triumph at Living at Your Finest, body, mind, and spirit. Of note, the information provided here is for educational purposes and does not substitute for medical advice. Please discuss your health concerns with a licensed medical professional. In addition, the content here does not reflect those of any organization that I'm employed by or affiliated with. If you're in need of more in-depth content on best practices to ensure that you live at your finest daily, please join me on Facebook or YouTube at Living at Your Finest with Dr. Babs, where we learn and grow together. Friendly reminder to subscribe to iTunes if you haven't done so already. Share this podcast within your circle of influence and please leave a review. I would love to hear from you. Now let's get back to today's episode. So our health and wellness is definitely one of our biggest priority, if not the main priority, because without that, we can't do anything else, right? The, the human being is cons- consists of the mind, um, the physical, the emotions, the spiritual, all of that comes together to make us who we are. And so my encouragement today is that we, it's a choice that we need to make and it's an active one. We need to be conscious and we need to be self-directed and it needs to be continuous, right? Um, it needs to be driven by self-responsibility, not of the doctor that you're seeing. They're just there to guide you, right? It's a team effort. Definitely don't, don't fall for any provider, whether it's a physician or a healthcare provider, condemning you and giving you a death sentence because of an illness that you have. So it's a proactive approach. When we say proactive, it means that we're making a committed approach to making optimal food choices. So we want to be more plant-based, more plant-based. I'm not saying that it has to be 100%. So, but if you prioritize a whole food plant-based diet, you're getting all your fiber, you're getting all your nutrients, you're getting all your vitamins, your body is not deficient of any of those necessary nutrients that you need, and it helps to get you into the state of health and well-being. So it's a journey, right? It's no, There's no end point. You never say you've arrived. You know, when it comes to dieting, there's always an end point. You can't sustain that. And then you crash. I've been there, been there, done that, been on several diets and um, just couldn't do it anymore because of all the restriction and gained it right back. So it's about us learning how our body reacts to food, right? Um, so the whole idea is that we need to make it holistic and multidimensional. When I say multidimensional, it encompasses our mental, physical, spiritual, all of that, such that it's a holistic approach. So it's integrative into everything that we do, how we speak, what we say, right? And we need communities. We need each other. We need to encourage one another. We need social connections. That's what's going to keep us going. And we also need self-education. We need to know how food affects us. So I, I used to be hooked on diet 
sodas because I was avoiding Cokes and Coca-Cola when I found that that Cokes actually just sip out all the calcium because of what it contains, citric acid, the phosphorus, the aspartate. But the aspartate in the diet actually just got me so hooked. I was so hooked on this thing. It was so crazy. I mean, there was a time I would have one and then I went to two, then I went to three, but there's nothing nutritious in there. So I was just craving it more and more and more. So I had to do a self-experimentation. This is not working. This is not good. And then I had to learn to embrace foods, but I had to learn and elevate my taste buds to enjoy healthy, delicious foods. In the kitchen, I experiment quite a bit. I enjoy my herbs and my seed, my spices, which makes my food really delicious. Again, it's self-education, self-experimentation that keeps me going and, and just being open right? With my family members, I tell them you have to have tried it seven times to confirm that you don't like it, right? So it's it's definitely lifelong. So my encouragement to you all today is get on the bandwagon, all right? Get, get, get on it. If you already know that you have a chronic disease, which at the moment, the statistics say that six out of 10 will have one chronic disease and four out of that same 10 will have two or more. So we definitely have to be vigilant. We want to reverse that statistics. We want to change the narrative. So we need to take ownership. So find out what the issues are. Talk to your healthcare provider. Ask questions. Don't just sit there. My husband used to just sit down. Never asked any questions. I just left. Let us stand up for ourselves. I am so grateful that you have stayed to the very end. I appreciate you all for listening. I appreciate you for being my community of health champions. And uh, I hope that not only have you been inspired today by home situation, it will help you to make those significant changes that will make a lifelong transformation in your health. What I would like for you to do today is to identify one area that you can work on. So are you just going to add one more fruit, one more veggie to your meals? Are you going to drink at least one more cup of water? Are you going to at least go to bed a little earlier so that you can have restorative sleep? So whatever it is, maybe you need to book that appointment with your doctor. Like I had to threaten my husband before we finally were able to go. Maybe that's what you have to do, but please do something, okay? Do something. And let let me hear your comments. Let me hear your thoughts. We get healthier together when we share together. So I'd like to hear what you thought about this episode and and share within your community uh, and so on. So next time when when I see you on the Living at Your Finest podcast show, I want you to know that you deserve to live at your finest because you are worth it. All right. So see you soon. Take care and God bless.